Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running international and yet understudied scene. everyone, welcome back to Lingua Brutalica. In today's episode, we speak with Rory Lane, former drummer and lyricist of Set on End, who were based in Auckland when they were still in operation. Uh, thanks for being with us, Rory. No worries. Thanks for having me on. It's great. Um, so before we begin, I should explain that this interview is going to be a bit different because although we're once again speaking with someone with experience in the New Zealand metal scene, uh, this time we're speaking to someone whose band is no longer actively playing. Uh, so we're hoping to use this interview to gain a different perspective on lyric writing and metal that comes from looking back retrospectively at, uh, you know, what it was like to write lyrics for the band when it was in operation and also, you know, discuss your views on your lyrics and metal in general that, you know, might have changed over time, particularly since you've been out of the game, as you said. Yeah, no, that, that all sounds good. Yeah, it could be a bit of an interesting angle there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, particularly as we'll get into, I think this is the first time that we're speaking to a drummer who's also a lyricist. So, you know, mm. a few different um, viewpoints that are new for us today. Mm, definitely. Yep. Something different. So fundamentally, how would you describe Set on End's music? What kind of uh, genre of metal would you say that it fell under? Uh, we, we always referred to it as uh, progressive melodic groove metal was kind of the, uh, <laughs> the pigeonhole we kind of shoved it into. I mean, it's all debatable. Uh, some people used to call us gent, which is uh, a moniker that we didn't uh, completely embrace. We kind of thought it was a bit reductive. So, yeah, I mean, it's always hard to kind of, you know, what genre do you fall into taking all your uh, various interests? I mean, some people might have called us new metal, but we kind of thought oh, we're a bit too heavy for that sort of mm. uh, label. So, yeah, we always just described that as sort of melodic, progressive groove metal. Yeah. And what was the issue with the gent label? Like, so you said it was a bit reductive. How so? Well, I mean, the word itself, I guess, is just, um, it's just describing the guitar tone as far as I can. <laughs> it's, it's not giving the full picture. And it also applied to um, a lot of the post-Mashuga bands that mm -hmm. kind of influence from Mashuga and, and kind of new twist on it. Now, while we did have maybe some influence from Mashuga and those kind of bands, it wasn't really what we were going for. So, yeah, but we, we, we had other musicians say that, you know, that wasn't a fair label for us either. So it wasn't just us rejecting it, thankfully. Mm. Mm. No, I, I definitely didn't feel like uh, uh, if I were to label your band from what I heard, I would not call it Gent. Seemed to, seems to I'm surprised that that label got attached, actually. Yeah. Well, just just the occasional comment, not. You know, nothing. <laughs> so how did you first get into metal music personally? Were you into this sort of uh, melodic style when you first started or was it kind of something you gradually found yourself uh, approaching? Uh, approaching. Um, I, I was pretty much into it straight away from a very young age. I remember being um, sort of preteen and 
I didn't really like music at all, really. I'd, I'd listened to a few bands over the years, bit of Pearl Jam, um, bit of Pink Floyd, stuff like this. But I, I hadn't really found anything that I really felt like um, I, I, I represented me or that I could associate with until I found bands like Deftones and Tool. Back mm. in the day, those were kind of the first bands um, me and a few of my bandmates were into. Um, there were also other bands I was into, such as Primus, and um, a few others, and it kind of just, yeah, it was just a bit of an evolution from there. We uh, we kind of got on the Limp Biscuit train. Me and Harris <laughs> um, used to play in a different band called Unleash when we were 13, 14, and we were playing Limp Biscuit, Deftones, that kind of thing. But um, as time went on, and and there was kind of this explosion of sort of new wave metal really started finding those bands that we could really say like yeah this is what we're into and when you were first starting to get into metal like did you pay attention to the lyrics at that stage or is this something that you kind of got interested in later uh, I did with certain bands like Tool I, I really respect <laughs> um, the way they were kind of telling this sort of um, enigma- enigmatic sort of narrative and I was wondering like what is this song about you know what is this it, it felt like kind of like a puzzle you've got to figure out. So I remember that kind of being the uh, the first lyrics I really appreciated. But in general, probably not. It was probably more just about the music, obviously, um, heavier, mm. being very instrumentally sort of driven. So it was more just about how it made you feel overall. But the lyrics always felt like, like when they were good, it always felt like something... Um, you know, like just an added sort of component to the entire thing, like that, that yeah. helped build the sort of themes that that band was going for. So it was always important once I began noticing it, but from the very beginning, yeah, probably not. What do you feel made a, a lyrics good? Like, what do you feel made them stand out from, say, the the bad metal lyrics? Uh, probably just, um, I guess, just the flow of it, really. Just, just how it... Um, how it locks into the music, how it, how it forms part of that rhythm. Because um, from my perspective, it was always the patterns that have got to be right first before the uh, actual lyrics. So it was, it was more just about how it sounded uh, almost as like a percussive sort of instrument. And uh, so, so that was the, the first thing I would always uh, respect with the lyric writing is just how it functioned as an instrument within that band. Um, but then also once I started reading lyrics and sort of really analyzing it, 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 it was the, lyri- the lyrics that really spoke to me were the ones that um, had a good flow. Uh, it al- almost read like a poem kind of thing. And also what they're trying to say with the lyrics, the themes at play, that kind of thing. I, I wasn't big on the kind of, um, you know, theatrical sort of deathcore sort of lyrics, you know, where it's kind of, you know, telling this obscure brutal sort of horror story i wasn't so much into that kind of thing but more um more the bands that i could tell were trying to trying to tell some sort of story but it wasn't always clear what that story is that was part of the um the interest i guess is figuring out what exactly these bands were trying to say Hmm. and like i suppose by contrast like have there been any lyrics that you've seen or that you know you've heard that you've found to be like really off-putting or you know ones that you didn't think like really suited the music or otherwise just i suppose weren't good um i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far to say not good i mean you know i guess each to their own everyone has their different tastes and their different style um i do remember we used to have a good laugh reading cannibal corpses (laughs) 
the sheer brutality like you've got to respect it for the sort of extreme nature of it but um as for not really liking it or something like that I, I wouldn't go that far it just wasn't really my thing I guess mm. you know you mentioned that um you know you view uh, the lyrics and the vocals more of like as a percussive instrument which is like certainly a comment we've heard before uh, but you're also saying that it's really important um you know to um, view the kind of relationship between the lyrics and the song so that you know the rhythms match up and things like that is that a perspective that comes from you know your experience as a drummer do you think yes partially I mean I think it's just sort of an intrinsic part of heavier music simply because um, the lyrics are, are more of a background instrument usually anyway um, whereas the guitar or the drums is kind of leading leading the rhythm and the melody um, so yeah, it kind of it kind of just came about from that. And I, but I think my natural abilities as a drummer that definitely helps propel me into writing those lyrics because it, it did definitely feel like a natural extension of that. And in, in the same way that my approach to writing drums would be like, okay, we need to kind of weave this in and out of the rhythm and the guitar and the bass. And I took that same approach for the lyrics. So, you know, mm -hmm. making sure at this moment the uh, lyrics are meeting the guitar or drums, but in this moment it's not. In this moment we're having dead space, in this moment we're not. So it definitely did feel like a natural extension of my drumming. But, um, I mean, it's not a requirement, obviously, but yeah. So when did you first actually start, like, writing your own lyrics? When was the first time you tried to, like, write lyrics for a metal song? Uh, it was it was probably our EP means to an end. I, I think that was the first time I actually delved in. I um I was always a bit of a writer. I used to write uh, poetry when I was younger and science fiction short stories and things like that. And um yeah, so probably means to an end. Our EP was the first time I was actually writing for a metal song. I'm sure I'd written a few songs at school before then in music class, but yeah, that was the first uh, foray into metal. Yep. How, how did it come about that you, instead of the singer, were the one that was going to write the lyrics? Uh, it, was, it was just a matter of um, natural abilities, really, I think. <laughs> um, we, we just wanted to get the, the best product we could out there and, and have the best lyrics and that kind of thing. And the, the guys were all on board with um, the themes and stuff that I was writing about. So it was all... And we, and we, and we all took part in it as well. It wasn't just me doing it start to finish i'd basically bring the guys um the skeleton of it and would discuss it and uh the guys would make little changes here and there and would basically come to an agreement about what the song's going to be about and that kind of thing but um yeah my my background is definitely uh more towards writing i i have a degree in creative writing not that that means anything and uh mm. and nowadays i'm using my writing ability so it all just kind of fell into place we just wanted to get the best product out there that we possibly could, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And like, do you find that your approach to lyric writing was different because you were coming from, you know, the place of being a drummer? Like, I don't know, did you write the drums first and then write, you know, lyrics and stuff to match or, yeah, what was the process like? Yeah. So the pro it was pretty much lyrics last really. We'd, we'd mm -hmm. write the song, um, but, but then what we'd do, because there, there would be certain moments um, by the end of it, we would be, you know, wonder, oh, that riff isn't really popping, what's going on there? But then, so so we would sometimes start writing lyrics at that point and would actually find, wow, that riff actually sounds damn good now with that sort of 
with those lyrics going over it. Um, but my approach was basically, um, yeah, patterns first. So basically I'll be listening mm. to the song and I'll be like, yeah, da, 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 or something like that, just to get the feel of it. And then um, I'd start writing the lyrics to that pattern. But I mean, there were, mm. other there were other times as well where I went into the song knowing what I wanted to write about, um, having some sort of the skeleton of the words and then sort of conforming it into those patterns that I thought were the best. And, you know, we would have many discussions at, um, at band practice about, oh, we need a, we need a two syllable word there instead of a three syllable word. So thesaurus <laughs> and dictionary and trying to find the words that would, you know, fit in and, and, and make that pattern really pop. Yeah. So it was kind of a mixed bag of um, processes there. Yeah. And um, I suppose, how would you say that your, um, I suppose, writing uh, processes changed over time? Have there been any kind of significant shifts over your time at uh, Set on End and since? Um, I, I think there was a bit of a shift between our EP and the album. I, I, I think I really managed to, um, to, to improve sort of that poetic writing uh, those poetic writing skills there because I feel like um, in the EP I was still you know it was my formative years kind of finding my feet with with how this all works how I'm doing it what, what are the things I want to talk about um, and, and yeah I really felt like on the album there, there was a solid progression into um, just sort of improving the narrative of the story of the song um, of the the uh, sort of poetic devices I was using there, like the repetition, the rhyme, um, the alliteration, that kind of thing, uh, really knuckling down in the editing process to really make it um, as complicated as possible as, as well as uh, conveying the message. So I think there was um, quite a jump between those uh, two bits of content, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying definitely matches up with some of the observations that we made that we'll definitely be talking about. But um, something else we wanted to ask about is just, you know, in between the time, um, you know, between finishing up with Set on End and now, um, you know, has your view on, you know, your music and metal music more generally changed um, or has it kind of remained consistent across all this time? No, not really. No, I still, I still love my metal. It hasn't really changed. Um you know, there's there's probably a couple of things in the means to an end EP that um, you know I cringe at a little bit, you know, because I guess your mindset changes and the things you care about changes over time. Um, but you know, it's all part of the process. So I wouldn't say um, there's any regrets or anything. Um, no, I still I still stand by a lot of the things um, that I wrote about, especially in the album. Definitely. Do you do you miss writing for a metal band? Yeah, yeah, no, I do definitely. Um, just, just the form of the writing, the fact that it's writing a song, and and it's, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, it, it was a throwback to my early years of writing when I was just writing poetry at school or whatever. And um, but yeah, there's just something really satisfying about because you're kind of constrained by the song structure and the patterns and all that kind of thing. So making it work in the sense of, you know, telling a good narrative while also having it um, sound sort of audibly appealing. Yeah, there's something very satisfying about when you can kind of just make it all work. Like it's definitely a unique art form that sort of nothing else could compare to, I guess. 
do you think you could still get that same satisfaction if you were writing, say, lyrics for a, like a folk band or a rock band or a rap band or like a pop band? Or does there something specific about metal lyrics that kind of gives you that uh, the sense of satisfaction you're talking about and challenge? Well, probably just from the sense that it's my preferred form of music. So I guess, you know, listening back to it, appreciating it. Um, yeah, I guess the level of respect is kind of right up there compared to anything else. But I mean, by that same token, yeah, I'm sure I could uh, be satisfied uh, writing other stuff. I've, I've written a few sort of joke rap songs and a few other things <laughs> over the years, like just for a laugh. Um, but but yeah, I don't think anything could really compare to, to writing for metal simply because it's it's ticking all the boxes of, of those things I care about. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Is that is to say, like, I mean, do you think that if you were to, uh, you know, just view um, a series of lyrics and stuff without actually hearing the accompanying music, would you be able to identify them as being uniquely metal lyrics? Uh, it is it is possible. I guess it depends on the on the buzz of the band. Uh, you know, obviously something like Cannibal Corpse, you're going to read, you're going to be like, oh, this is probably extreme death metal or whatever. But then you never know, right? Because there's, there's other sort of progressive metal bands I listen to and you could, you could read their lyrics and hey, it could be a rock song, it could be a pop song, it could be anything. So I'd say for the most part, it's hard hard to tell. But once you start getting into those more extreme genres, I, I think it would be would be pretty obvious. Yeah. Have you personally ever, when you're writing your own lyrics, uh, start to be like, oh, that's that just isn't very metal. I'm not gonna. I gotta say that in a different way. Um. Occasionally, we didn't really stick to those kind of conventions because we just wanted to tell stories basically but there were definitely times um where would be like oh that word sounds a bit too soft for that moment kind of thing mm. you know? so so we're definitely we would veer more towards words that sound kind of a bit more aggressive or just just the way they play out um yeah because obviously you know it's not it's even if the theme we're using may be positive i mean we it's not it's not going to be all about peace and love, basically. So um, <laughs> definitely need kind of a hard edge to it. So there were times we would go back, change the lyrics. What's a more, you know, look up the, the thesaurus again. You know, what's a more brutal word that kind of conveys that same meaning? Things like that. Yeah. What, what makes a word soft, I suppose? Just, just in terms of the syllable sounds and how it would kind of sound when, when it was screamed, basically. Um, yeah, so I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but yeah, I do remember there were some words where, or, or just some phrasing where it's like, can we make that, can we give that a bit more of a hard edge? Can we sort of toughen that up, I guess, just to make it fit the, fit the music more. Hmm. And did that kind of stuff, like did those changes happen, um, you know, more when, uh, you were writing for the album? Because I heard that, um, at that time you weren't actually playing with the band. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I left, uh, not long before the album hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what was it like, um, you know, writing, uh, the lyrics for music that you weren't actually going to be playing? Like, did you find that, that you were encountering more of that kind of, um, need to, you know, change things to suit, you know, music that you weren't yourself like involved with or? Um, yeah, was it the same? Well, we did play many of those songs for years. Yeah, all, okay. all, all except two of them, we were playing. We were, we were playing on the circuit for quite a number of years. So the develop the development process was occurring all throughout, and I had that time 
to make all those small little improvements um, before the album was going to be released. Yeah. So nah, it did, didn't really, didn't really affect it. Cause I was pretty, uh, pretty familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You mentioned a few times about uh, telling stories with your lyrics. Uh, some research in metal has argued that there's like some metal artists take kind of a distance from their lyrics. Cannibal Corpse being a, uh, an example where they you know position themselves as just entertainment, not be taken seriously. Is that something that you align with, or do you feel that your stories are things that have messages that uh, you kind of want to convey to your audience? And has your opinion a bit on this changed over time? Uh, no, my opinion probably hasn't changed. And uh, yeah, we, there, there were definitely things we were trying to say um, with, our, with our lyrics, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I, I still tried to leave it so there was some room for interpretation, basically. So I, I wanted to make it so that someone else could read this and they might take something completely different from it than what I was trying to say. Um, just, just by leaving sort of enough vagueness in there to leave it open to interpretation. But there were definitely some uh, rock solid messages we were trying to, we were trying to hit home with. Definitely. Did those messages come like when you first started writing, or is it something that kind of appeared as you put the lyrics down on the page? It depends, really. Um, there were a couple of songs where I was just writing it based on the ideal patterns and fitting words to that, and sort of I'd have to decide what it was about, kind of halfway through. Like, what is this about? What should I, where should I veer this kind of story sort of thing? But then there were other times where I had a uh, sort of rock solid sense of what I wanted it to be about from the very beginning. And I would sort of write everything to sort of conform to that idea. So it just depends on, uh, on what worked on the day, basically. Um, so speaking about, uh, you know, your lyrics, um, we noticed that across both the EP and, you know, the more recent album, there's a pretty consistent focus on, you know, difficulties faced by humanity um, through, you know, the experience of suffering, change and development, these kinds of things. And, you know, many of your songs seem to also reference the idea that humanity is being deceived or distracted from reality in some way. Um, so, for instance, in victim lines um, read, Things like, uh, you know, you toe the line between realms of childish fantasy, near insanity. I can't believe you can't fucking see your own tragedy. And in The Last Revelation, you have uh, a witness to a world enslaved, transfixed to the screen, seek altered reality. Then off, you know, the album, there's a song, Endeavour, that talks about being done with deception and awaking with clarity. Um, you know, is this a kind of theme that you intended to develop across, you know, the EP and the album? And, you know, if so, like, what inspired you to explore this theme? Uh, yeah, basically, it's just... Um... You know, it's about the complicated political world that we're faced with and all the challenges and everything. And sort of, um, yeah, it definitely was a theme that we that we carried throughout a lot of our songs. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, it wasn't really about any, anything specific, but more about um, just embracing the complicated and the messed up realities of humanity, um, but trying to remain sort of strong in the face of it and not letting it get you down and sort of developing that mindset where you can understand those com complexities and embrace them and sort of embrace life without, you know, getting depressed, basically. Um, yeah, so I, I guess it was just about developing uh, mental fortitude in the face of, um, of, yeah, the messed up world, basically. What was kind of your initial inspiration for choosing that as a major theme in, in the uh, lyrics that you wrote? Uh, yeah, well, it was just, um, you know, we, we would follow along with, with politics and, and world events and that kind of thing. And it was, 
you know, uh, we're, we're all kind of powerless in our lives, aren't we? Like in, in a way, in the face of these kind of big issues that we don't have much control over. Um, so I guess it was just, it was just our way of, um, you know, get, getting the word out there that, um, you know, or, or just getting that message out there that um, this stuff is happening and we should be paying attention to it. We, we were always sort of semi-political. It's just naturally sort of the way that we, uh, we pushed ourselves there. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, as you might have heard, like a discussion that we kind of keep having with a lot of musicians is, you know, what the role of uh, political speech is within metal lyrics. Because uh, you might know there's kind of uh, these two schools of thought that keep uh, that keep appearing, like where on the one hand, people say that, you know, um, metal should be devoid of any kind of political discourse. And on the other, people saying that, well, you know, uh, it's important to be aware of, you know, current political issues um, that are affecting people around the world and that should be incorporated into lyrics. Um, you know, how do you feel about this, um, you know, dichotomy in ways of viewing the relationship between politics and uh, song lyrics? Well, I would probably just say, you know, write about whatever you want to write about, mm -hmm. basically. I mean, it's all art. It's all open to interpretation. Um and I did feel like the, the way we did it, um, you know, it was kind of vague. We're not, we're not going out there and saying, you know, support this political party or anything silly like that. Mm. I would say that would be going too far if you're actually sort of grandstanding about these issues and, and being very specific about it. But um, no, nah, personally, I have, I have no problem with, um, with bands sort of veering into that political territory. You know, a lot of my favorite bands, um, offer commentary on similar things to what we talk about. So yeah, it's right up my avenue, basically. Is is there a line like, um, for instance, a band like Rage Against the Machine or something like that, do they go, would you say that's too explicit or uh, are they able to do it in a way that still maintains that sort of uh, poetic uh, feel that, you, that you're saying is important? Um, no, I think, I think they did it pretty well because uh, I mean, their entire deal is built around that. I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> rage against yeah. the machine um yeah so yes. they've obviously gone extreme with their political messaging but hey i mean that worked for them didn't it so yeah you know, they got them mm. to where they were um you know uh it just just whatever works they've chosen to have that route where it's just in your face obvious i would say yeah personally i don't agree going going to those sort of extremes like i prefer making it a bit more subtle a bit more low-key Bit more sort of generic but um and saying that yeah whatever works if you if they if a band you know they've all got the same political viewpoints and they want to get their message out there then yeah why not one other kind of uh persistent contrast or theme that we noted in your lyrics is about like uh, towing the line versus and being a cog in the machine are two lines that appear in your songs uh versus like having a contrary mind or a discerning mind uh, and this is often kind of coupled with references to repression of truth of the silencing of voices. Your EP uses the word control uh, quite frequently. Is this another kind of idea that you meant to explore, this, this idea of social control? Or is that something that just kind of happened naturally with the whole uh, clarity and kind of politics idea you had earlier? Yeah, kind of. Um, it, it kind of just was a natural extension of, um, of the things we cared about and that kind of thing. It wasn't anything specific. Like we're not um, we're not talking about some grand conspiracy or anything like this, you know. Um, like some people believe, but it's more, um, yeah. It's it's more just acknowledging the the painful reality and the complexity of it, and that there, hey, there is 
bad people out there doing bad things. That doesn't mean everything is bad. And it doesn't mean that we have to sort of embrace this morbid mindset about it. It's more about just accepting reality. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was just a natural sort of thing that, um, that we were all passionate about that just kept working its way in there. Seems like is is it tricky to convey all that nuance through um, the metal medium? Like you have you have some positive uh, phrasing in there, right? You're, like you're, you're telling you're us that, telling you know, us that uh, you obviously there's these bad things going on, but it doesn't mean the world's a bad place. And uh, earlier said that the importance of kind of staying positive and being positive are those themes something that that you like? Uh, how, how did you work those themes in as well? Was it something you kind of had to struggle to fit in there and? Um, was there any risk of, say, somebody maybe not picking up on the, the positivity that you also wish to convey? Yeah, because, I mean, the subject matter a lot of the time is quite dark, but we'd often, as you suggested, would often put little pieces in there which are showing, like, you know, hey, it's not all so bad, you know. And I guess it kind of, it kind of came naturally from our own mindsets, basically, um, because that's the sort of mental struggle that we all go through sometimes if we're, you know, paying close attention to world events and everything um so it's more it's more it's probably more to do with our own personal development and then sort of you know trying to share those kind of insights with other people who may be you know the world might be getting them down and you know we it wasn't a conscious decision but in retrospect it's kind of like well you know if we can put some uh, messaging out there that's going to make these people realize like hey you know just keep going you'll be okay um, so another kind of uh, theme or motif that we picked up on was there's um, particularly off the EP a lot of references to Christian mythology. Uh, for instance, there's the line, you know, judge lest you be judged, stemming from the Bible verse. And then there's the song Last Revelations um, or Last Revelation, which appears to reference, you know, the rapture described in Revelations and talks about the impacts of the false prophets. Um, so I was wondering, yeah, why did you um, decide to use these um, images and references from Christianity um, and yeah, how do they relate to, you know, these other things that we were talking about? Yeah, well, I was, I was basically using, um, using it against them, basically using their own <laughs> words and their own themes against them. Um, yeah, we, we, we do, did have a little bit of a, a sort of anti-religious um, or irrational sort of belief bent uh, throughout some of our lyrics. Again, it just naturally comes from our from our own beliefs and the things um, the things we've seen and encountered over the years. Um, we we were hoping that we weren't um, too blatant about it. I mean, it's not a criticism of uh, all religion or all belief, but more the extremists of uh, of those belief systems. Um, yeah. So, fire for amber. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that, you know, there's some anti-religious sort of overtones going on in that one. Yeah. Again, it's just a natural extension of the things that we were, that we were passionate about. Did you ever have uh, like fans come up and discuss these kind of themes with you after a show or anything like that? Yeah, no, we did sometimes. You yeah, would have people come up and say, Oh, I love the lyrics to this song. Right. Right. We've got a few emails and messages over the years. So um yeah, we definitely seem to have um, struck the chord with some people, for sure. Did you ever have anyone completely misinterpret what you were trying to say? No, not that I can remember, no. Oh, okay. So everyone everyone kind of got your message, it seems? I'm, I'm not sure if we ever had conversations that were that specific, to be honest. It was just a, you know, it was probably just quick fan interaction. Love your lyrics, right, right, right love the song. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, going back to, um, you know, the references to Christianity, um, you know, it's interesting that this appears just because obviously metal has a kind of notoriously complex and often kind of contentious relationship with religion, uh, Christianity especially. Um, do you think that the use of Christian references impacts like the metal feel of the lyrics in any way? Well, it kind of, it kind of suits it a little bit because it, it's, mm. it's got, you know, that kind of, um, I guess, archaic sort of grandiose wording um that you often see in, in religious texts and that kind of thing and it i think it does sort of um transplant on the metal quite well definitely why do you think uh that's so why do you think that grandiose kind of feel uh works so well with metal it's probably something to do with um the hugeness of metal i'd, I'd guess you know just because it's yeah i don't know it's it's hard to describe like I, there, there, there's some similarities between um opera music classical music <laughs> metal and they also have those kind of um those big sort of epic sort of sort of lyrics going on um that would be my guess i'm not sure but yeah mm. like in a sense that it's theatrical yeah exactly yeah it's just oh, right it's just huge just like the music i guess that would probably be the best way to describe it it's it's epic it's not in our current lexicon so it's kind of got that edge of um mystery to it as well and uh open to interpretation harking back to yesteryear yeah i'm, I'm not sure exactly how that kind of correlates with metal but that's the sense i get anyway yeah i mean it's definitely a comment that we've heard before is that you know wanting to people wanting to use language that's different from the language that you typically see in everyday interaction yeah um so is that, you know, is that kind of like what you're getting at, like wanting to use like, you know, um, words, phrases, references that kind of take you away from kind of everyday linguistic situations? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, something we used to talk about quite a bit is um, the idea of crafting the enigma, basically. And mm. so the lyrics would be an important part of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, adding the subtext by the language that you're using, the things that you're referring to, um, it's just adding another layer of complexity of it and, and mystery to it that, um, that, you know, interests people, get people more involved in what you're doing and that kind of thing. Yeah. You've mentioned complexity a few times so far in this interview uh, as something that you kind of strive for and looked for. Uh, what is it about complexity that really uh, attracted you to uh, as including it in part of your metal lyrics? It's hard to say, really. It's just a matter of wanting to make it as good as possible basically and and when i say complexity i more mean like um the uh the poetic devices i'm using throughout it and that kind of thing i mean obviously you don't want to use these obscure words that no one's going to know what it means so you could argue i guess that's sort of getting overly complicated um but but then also kind of i i think it kind of just suits the uh the the jesse's style how it was being conveyed it's quite ranty uh, there, there's lots of room for sort of lots of lyrics and, and certain verses and things like that so you can really sort of pack in all the syllables there so um yeah no it's just it's just about developing the product just making it with as many layers as possible um and as complicated as possible you know it, it doesn't necessarily mean that makes it better or anything but I think in our case, it, it just worked with what we were doing. So would you, if the lyrics were, say, more simple and straightforward and I guess like uh, with, with less layers, would that, uh, I, I'm not sure the exact way to phrase this, but would that 
reduce the quality of, of the ultimate product in your mind? No, I don't think so. I think it's just case by case basis. Basically, if it works within the context of that song, then um, that's fine. I mean, we had songs that um, that were you, you know the lyrics were perhaps a little bit a little bit simpler or a little bit sort of um, laid back. Um, one example I can think of is "Dark Beyond," which uh, the the song which needed um, which needed a bit more space to kind of. Um, to kind of work with there yeah so it, it just it just depends on what's happening um so yeah another common theme that we um saw appearing across both the ep and the album is um you know the idea of change um so there's a lot of metaphors um that appear on the dark beyond the album um that seem focused on illustrating the idea of change for instance there's several references to change the tide or incoming winds of change uh, and I think almost every song actually off um, the Dark Beyond references some kind of incoming change or change in progress. So I was wondering, like, are you talking about particular like kinds of change in uh, these lyrics? Um, and, you know, why did you want to talk about change um, so much across the album? Well, you know, it just seemed like a very relevant thing to sort of have in there. And it ties into what we were trying to do with the overall album. Um, you know, it's... If you, through the songs, we talk about, um, you know, there's personal change, there, there's um, change more on a humanity scale, there's emotional change. Um, it's just, it's an intrinsic part of survival, I guess, and, uh, you know, tolerating this existence, I suppose. Um, so it just, it just felt like a, it's probably prevalent just because it felt so relevant, really. So, I mean, do, do you still feel that, like, as you've gotten older, do you still feel that change is a, a really, really relevant theme that, that if say if you like went back to a metal band and started writing again today, you would still be involved with or it was something that kind of attracted you in the past? Uh, no, I'd probably try and make it a continuation of what I was writing. But again, you want to change, right? You want to try and improve, you mm-hmm. want to progress. So I probably would look to uh, different themes and, and things I'm talking about. Yeah, so that's the essence of change. Yeah, just just constantly progressing. Interesting. A lot of your uh, theme, a lot of the lyrics on your albums, when you're talking about these things like change or like control or whatever, uh, seem to be written as though they're addressing someone or a series of someone's. Like you have uh, lyrics on both the EP and the album that use the pronoun you very, very commonly. Uh, in the EP, there's lyrics like, if you wrong someone, fate will trace it back to you. Do you breathe the suffering and feed the pain? Uh, and in the album, you have the line, the burden weighs on you to find a way in the end. Uh, do to others as was done to you. When you're writing your lyrics, is there someone that you're specifically imagining when you use you like this, or does the use of you have a, a different role in the lyrics themselves? Uh, it sort of varies. Uh, victim is a there. There is specific people or, or types of people in mind, and you know it's kind of I guess it's kind of chastising them when it refers to refers to you. Um, but then um, other times we've used it. It's more the general public i guess it's more the general listener out there um yeah so so it kind of um it depends which song yeah so on, on some tracks you is the listener yeah and sometimes it's the it's the subject you're said sometimes that you try to tell a story in a song is you ever like the person that a protagonist of the song is speaking to uh yeah i think so um I'd have to think of an example. Sorry, what was the second example you gave? 
Um, the second example uh, was the burden weighs on you to find a way in the end. Yeah. So, so that one, that song is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's referring to, uh, I guess the subject of the song, but more in, more in a positive way. So it's the listener, but it's the subject. It's, it's suggesting um, of them developing sort of a tough mindset to, um, to take on the world basically. So I guess that's, yeah, we're talking to the pr protagonist in that sense, I guess. Is, the, is there any risk that the listener misunderstands themselves as you when it's not intended to be you? Like when you're addressing a specific group and the listener takes it as like everyone, is that is that something that uh, you think is possible or or is it just kind of something you can't control as a, as a writer? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't control it. I'm sure there is um, many different interpretations of, of how they've taken it or misunderstood it. Um, I, I couldn't really say. Hmm. So in the case of victim, like who's the you that you're targeting in that case? If you can give us an example. Oh, I can't say. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, it's basically that, that, that's, that song was about um, certain people you might meet out there who are quite manipulative, quite, you know, users, but also talking about how basically it ends up sabotaging their own life. Um, mm -hmm. You know, carrying on with this victim mindset, even though, they're the aggressor basically um yeah so that that's essentially what that song's about there is there is specific examples i could give but yeah i better not <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah fair it makes sense yeah um it, yeah it's just interesting you say that because as you said you know there's the possibility of um, people interpreting that multiple different ways and like you know the you there could be interpreted as like you know the listener is there anything that you do to the um you know the surrounding lyrics around you know the use of the pronoun you um that you feel like makes it easier for you know the reader or the listener to interpret um who you is in context yeah no they definitely should be able to um but the, but there is a couple of times i think where i kind of switch perspective yeah so i go from first person to third person i suppose um yeah so it might be a little bit more complicated for the listener then to interpret what's happening but um but as far as i can tell that that's just that's just adding to that enigma i guess and making it more of a puzzle that they can figure it out and they might hey there might be a time where they realize oh actually it's kind of switch perspective there and now mm. it's uh back to talking about I or rather than you and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I used to, I remember I did used to change perspectives quite a bit and yeah, I mean, if it confuses someone out there, that's kind of part of the intention to be honest. <laughs> okay. So you said like sometimes when you use you, you are thinking of like a particular person or type of person uh, when you're using I, is that ever you or is that also just a representative of, you know, a protagonist or, you know, a particular kind of perspective? Um, it can be us, because as, as I said before, a lot of these uh, themes and stories we're trying to tell were based on our own struggles and our own experiences. So it definitely can be applied to us. But then we were also thinking of it that it just applies to a sort of generalized sort of protagonist, which could be the listener as well. So it could just be us, it could just be them, or it could be both. Just depends on how you want to interpret it okay. hmm. 
in looking at uh, both your EP and your album, we noticed a number of uh, differences. And you mentioned this at the very, very start of the interview that you kind of approach them differently. But uh, we were wondering one thing is that uh, the EP involves a lot of terms that I guess you'd call a bit more straightforward. Uh, for instance, the opening lines for Fire for Amber are, may all your selfish prayers remain unheard. Just pray is not Fire for Amber. Why care about there when here there's hell to pay? Which are all terms that say the average kind of listener would be expected to be familiar with uh was it a conscious choice to use straightforward lyrics on this ep or was it something that kind of happened because it was your first try like you mentioned that you tried to make them more complex on the album uh was you know so was was that just i guess starting out writing or was it that you wanted really specifically to have straightforward lyrics on this first ep no, there wasn't really any solid uh, thought process behind it at that stage. There was more so on the album. It was more just writing lyrics, what fits here, what I want, want to talk about. Um, and yeah, the, the pattern was always taking precedent over the actual words at that stage. Um, so whether, it, yeah, I mean, so, some of those, some of the messaging in that EP is, you know, kind of pretty straightforward. But hey, I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on what you're into. And it was all part of my development process. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we can see that there's like considerably more, um, you know, what we might call complex vocabulary, um, you know, on the uh, on the latest album. Um, you know, the line regressive recidivist without restraint is like a key example. Um, so we're wondering, like, you know, is that, um, I suppose something that you wanted to develop like um to kind of fit the themes that we were talking about earlier i mean you said that you know you generally kind of prefer more complex um songwriting um and you know lyrical choices um you know is this something that you think kind of adds to the discussion of these kind of more complex um ideas and themes that you're developing on the album as well yeah i think it definitely did um it was both conscious and unconscious i mean my my skills were probably improving as well. And, and my writing style with that kind of thing was probably improving. So it was probably just a natural development, but I definitely did um, sort of knuckle down and really focus on um, swapping out syllables and words to try and improve it, make it more complicated. And uh, that line you brought up, re regressive res recidivist without restraint. I mean, to me, that's a good example of how I've used more complicated vocabulary, but in my mind, it sounds more aggressive, you know, and it's got mm. that alliteration sound between regressive recidivists. Mm. So, and, and once you hear it screened by Jesse, um, I mean, yeah, it just seems to pop to me. It sounds better than if I'd, if I'd swapped it out with more simpler language. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, general rule, more complexity, more aggressive sounding words or bigger words um, is better. But I mean, it's not the rule. I mean, there are no rules really. But in, in those kind of cases, I definitely felt like it was a good evolution of what we were doing. Well, was, was there a specific event or inspiration that made you say, all right, I, I'm going to write a bit more complex on this new album? Like, was, was did you encounter something that made you start thinking, okay, I, I got to do this? No, it was more, it was more just about um, putting out the best content that we possibly could. And um, I remember I spent way, way more time on it, just um, dwelling on these lyrics and, and trying different things, different patterns, different words, um, you know, listening to it in my car every day to and from work, you know, taking notes on my phone or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. So it definitely, it definitely was intentional. There, there wasn't really a, a reason for it beyond just trying to make it as good as it possibly could be. 
Mm. Um, one other kind of word and change that I noticed between the albums, and maybe I'm reading things into this way, way too much. If so, just let me know. Uh, but on the EP, the word hate appears a lot. Uh, it's on over half the tracks. It appears multiple times. But in the album, it doesn't appear at all. Uh, is this just by chance or does this reflect maybe uh, different mindsets that you're in when working on the album versus the EP? Because I know there are a number of years in between the two. Um, not, not so. Well, I guess it is about developing mindset in a way, but basically within the EP and to a greater extent within the album, um, I was trying to link up a lot of the lyrics and the themes between songs to sort of develop this more coherent sort of overarching theme to the entire thing. So um, obviously in the EP, we were often talking about, well, I think we always talked about hate sort of as a negative thing, as a bad thing that, you know, you don't want to fall into that kind of negative mindset. Um, mm. Yeah, so, so we just carried that as sort of a theme throughout the uh, EP. And then uh, there were kind of different themes and di different repetitions that we used within the album, but we were trying to sort of achieve that same thing. Interesting. Mm. So you had um, the, the changes you made between the albums were not just in terms of the uh, complexity that was going on, but also the kind of linking between the songs. Yeah. Yeah. We it's basically um, we designed it as sort of, yeah, a, a narrative, but it's a mixed up narrative. It doesn't go from start to finish through the songs, but there's, there's many linkages, uh, words and phrases and themes and themes that go from one to the other, like sort of on a, on a time spectrum um yeah basically overall the album was um the story of mankind i mean we start way back in the primordial ooze and uh then we work our way up to uh mankind's aspirations in space basically um so yeah it was meant to be the sort of story of mankind and uh you know basically we do we dwelled in the present for a little bit as well and talked about some of the issues facing our world. And then we wanted to really give like uh, sort of different scenarios for um, what might happen in the future if we sort of uh, start behaving ourselves, basically. Yeah. Um, another kind of key difference that we observed across, uh, you know, the EP and the album is one that you've already mentioned yourself, you know, the use of alliteration and rhyme. Um, so although there are a couple of instances of rhyme on the EP, um, lyrics of the album involve considerably more instances of rhyme appearing in different rhyming schemes. Uh, so for instance, on Change the Tide, there's a series of rhyming lines that goes, you know, change the tide, the path is set, the truth aligns, the truth aligns to reignite the fires of discerning minds. Whereas uh, in Claw at the Throne, there's a disgraceful masquerade, only steps to take, reclaim the rightful pride of place, giving all there is to trade giving all this uh, for petty change. Um, and there's a few instances of rhyme that's even combined with that alliteration as we see, you know, in examples like speculative supremacy liquidates forgotten states um, or repetition as in uh, build the bones we created, build up the profile of those segregated. So we were wondering like, um, what made you decide to incorporate um, all of these kind of complex rhyming schemes and wordplay more extensively in the lyrics of the album? What specifically um, do these kind of uh, wordplay features add to your lyrical content? Yeah, well, it's a it's a pretty hard thing to quantify, but as far as I could tell, it just um, it just creates more sort of general flow within the mm. song. I mean, half the time listening to the the screamer scream the lyrics, you won't even be conscious of those rhymes a lot of the time. Mm. But um, you know, if you really analyze it, 
it, it just makes everything flow a bit better, or at least that's what I thought going into it. Um, so that's when I really started knuckling down and um, trying to make the rhyming, alliteration and repetition sort of um, as complicated as possible, but still tasteful. <laughs> and I remember there was moments where I had a rhyme and it's like, you know, three lines and it's just rhyming the, the, the last word. And it's like, oh, that's too simple. Don't do that. So get rid of that last line make that last line so it doesn't even rhyme or make it so that it's rhyming in the middle of the sentence or um, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all debatable, right? It's language, but in my mind, uh, mm. there was just some sort of X factor. It sort of gives, gives the music and the lyrics and it just adds to that overall package and, and just helps create that groove and that flow within it. Did your singer Jesse ever give you any feedback on these kind of changes? Like, did he ever say, "Oh man, I, I really like this alliteration, this rhyme. It's really, it's makes." You mentioned it sounds more aggressive. Did he ever? It's like, "Oh, I can make this more aggressive. This is, you know, uh, it feels better when I sing it." Or, or was it kind of those kind of discussions not really happening? Yeah, no, they were definitely ha happening uh, every step of the way. Basically, the boys were always um, giving me feedback, and Jesse was as well, making making small changes here and there. Um, there, there, there were certain lines and phrases that those guys uh, wrote and I was completely open to it because it's, you know, it's a team effort mm. and, um, you know, obviously I don't want to steal everyone's thunder. So I wanted to be um, open to changes and sort of developing it. So yeah, it, it really was a team process at the end of it all. I, I would just come to them with kind of the bones of it and then we'd all kind of develop it from there. Yeah. But no, nah, there were definitely things that, that Jesse um, contributed over the years for sure. So did you feel that definitely like the, the amount of time you spent in was something that the other members of the band noticed? Oh yeah, no, they were definitely digging um, what, I, what I was coming up with. And uh, we were, we're all of similar mindsets. So uh, yeah, there, there was some pretty uh, solid agreement on the things we were talking about and the things we were looking at. Um, yeah. I, th I think, uh, I think the guys really did like the, uh, the way our lyrics went for sure. Did you ever have um like a conversation with Jesse where he sat down and said like look before I sing this I need to know like more about what the song's about? Yeah, no, the guys would always ask me because some of the more uh, some of the more vague ones where I'm using uh, more metaphors and things like that. Yeah, sometimes there would be like yeah, it's clear in my mind because I wrote the thing, mm. but obviously because I've des designed it to be ambiguous to some extent. Yeah, there were definitely times where the boys were like um. You know what? What's what does that line mean? Right, right. But usually, once I explained it, they were hundred percent on board. Like, yeah, awesome. Why not? Okay, so but he he definitely wanted to know before he sang. Yeah, yeah, and I remember Jesse as well um, saying things like there, there were certain songs where he sort of thought about it from more a personal angle, interpreted the lyrics in kind of a, a different way than I did because he felt like oh that resonated more with him um, and, and sort of made him more passionate about it, um, which was, you know, I was absolutely happy with that because that's exactly what my intention was with the lyrics, you know, so it was absolutely fine. And, um, yeah, did they have any difficulties? Like, did Jesse have any difficulties getting around, like, you know, the um, changing rhyming schemes? This is something that definitely, like, you know, um, jumped out at me. It's something that you mentioned yourself, right, that you didn't want to use, like, a predictable rhyming scheme. Was this something that he found difficult to kind of translate when he was actually producing the vocals? Uh, at times it was definitely uh, pro probably the main struggle was the fact that I'm, I'm just writing them. I don't have to scream them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm packing in just yeah. so many words, so many syllables. 
and yeah poor Jesse would be like man where do I breathe in this thing you know like <laughs> yeah there was some difficulties there um so we would make adjustments adjustments along the way I'd be like you know there's not enough of a gap between this verse and this chorus and that chorus has got a big long scream at the start so we need some energy for that so we'd figure out what to do and would say all right the last verse note don't hold that as long or we'll change it or, or whatever just to you know the logistics of actually screaming it um but in terms of the rhyming and that kind of thing i i think it made it easier to memorize i'm not sure about that mm. but the fact that it's kind of like a little little song or a poem that you can work through um, yeah, I'm not sure of this, but I can imagine that might make it a little bit easier to actually um, remember what's coming kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. So we also want to ask about a few things we noted that uh, aren't in your lyrics that I guess are, are kind of stereotypically found in extreme metal. Uh, and one is that while several set on end songs reference conflicts or battle, uh, like in Iconoclast, you say another their lamb, another soldier to the slaughter, like all those who stand recruited, life becomes a saunter. But we did notice that these references to conflict rarely uh, have any overt description of like violence or gore. Is this something that you chose to avoid or just something that you kind of never ended up touching on? Uh, no, we, we kind of chose to avoid them, I guess. Um, the examples you're talking of, yeah, I mean, it's more a metaphor, really. It's not, it's not an actual battle or thing mm. like that. It's, it's just a conflict that we might be using um, some sort of symbolism to convey. Um, I wouldn't say we actively avoided more brutal lyrics, but um, I kind of cringed when you guys quoted the one swear word we had <laughs> from <laughs> because we decided after that point, like, oh, that's that's going too far. We we don't want to do that. Really? Yeah. Now we 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 just decided, as I've talked about, you know, there's plenty of aggressive sounding words that can kind of convey that emotion without resorting to something extreme, basically. So. Yeah, they actually, you're right. There was a trend where we sort of actively avoided making it too extreme because we kind of saw that as um, cheating in a way, you know, kind of the easy part. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we say this by just using more aggressive sounding words without actually resorting to blood and gore or swearing or whatever it might be? Yeah. So you actually had a discussion of, about uh, as a band about the use of fuck on that song? Yeah. Yeah, no, we did. Um, yeah, I'm sure we did. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a big thing. I, it was probably mm. me. I more decided not to do it and told the guys about it. And they're like, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds right. I mean, we just saw it as a little, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging other bands who mm. do it or whatever, but just for us personally, our style, we kind of thought like, oh, hey, you know, we're not, we're not a deathcore band or anything anyways. <laughs> we don't, taking it to that level didn't really fit to us didn't really feel right um it mm. felt like we want to pull it back a little bit still make it aggressive but um you know be a little bit reserved about it as well that's really interesting um so yeah i suppose like in in closing um you know how would you summarize the changes in your perspective on writing lyrics that have occurred you know over the last decade with your involvement um in set on end and particularly since you've you know become more uh well, moved more out of the game said um you know, what do you think is um, the fundamental um, purpose of your lyrics more, and, you know, perhaps more broadly um, the purpose of lyrics in a genre like extreme metal? And has your view on this, um, you know, changed or more so, you know, developed across, you know, that, um, that period of time? 
No, it hasn't really changed. But I mean, it's um, yeah, it depends on the band. It depends on what they want to say. Um, so you know, I, I just personally, not that I'm criticizing, but I never, I never dug the sort of theatrical blood and gore sort of part of metal. To me, it was more about you know writing something that's important to us and things that are important to us and you know messaging that we want to get out there without being sort of too overt you know and that kind of thing so that's always the approach that well not always but sort of mainly in the album that's more the approach we tried to go for and i'd say it probably hasn't changed you know assuming i'd be writing the uh the same type of progressive metal music i think that just fits it quite well so no i think uh, i'm sure there would be a bit of an evolution if we wrote another album or if I wrote uh, some sort of other uh, metal music I'm sure there would be a change just to fit that genre a bit more effectively but uh, no I'd, I'd say I'd be writing it in a similar manner to um, what I always did. Mm. You you mentioned that you're still writing um, in other areas do you feel like your time writing metal lyrics has given you skills that you can employ as a writer more broadly in general? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and, and even in the sense of what I'm doing now, just making videos, I can feel the, um, the, the sort of music structure skills coming through, the arrangement, that kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it's all practice, isn't it? I suppose it doesn't really matter what you're writing. It's all, it's all leading you to, uh, you know, hopefully a, a better skill set. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely contributed to my skills that I'm utilizing now, for sure. Mm. And how do you view your lyrics now? Like, um, you know, do you view them as having a particular purpose um, now that, um, you know, now that you're not in the game anymore and now that you're kind of like looking back on them? Um, no, I think, I, think, I think it's still trying to get the, uh, the same message out there. I think it still mostly applies because, you know, humanity still hasn't sorted our... Uh, Oh, shit out really so uh, <laughs> probably still pretty relevant and until uh in, in, until we uh you know start developing uh, a bit of culture i guess it always will be relevant well that's what i think anyway great cool um yeah so finally we um wanted to ask you about you know your current project because usually we use this kind of time to um you know plug what the band is doing and things like that and so you know we'll definitely um you know put up some links to um Settlement's music on spotify because it's still available there yeah. um and um perhaps also on Bandcamp, if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah i think we're on Bandcamp definitely mm-hmm. um and but we also wanted to um you know give you the opportunity to talk about what you're working on now so um yeah if you'd like to tell us about it we're all ears Oh, yeah. A little bit of an aside. Yep. Um, I'm a YouTuber nowadays. I've been doing it for uh, full time for almost a year now. Um, Media Zealot is the channel name. If you want to check it out, it's just writing comedy and uh, criticisms of um, science fiction movies and <laughs> stupid villains and stuff like this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been going well. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll leave a link there, up to that as well. Is there a, a, like, um, a homepage or, or a discussion besides, or is YouTube the main? access point for that youtube's the main access point for that yeah media cool. if you want to check it out cool awesome, awesome. Do. um yeah well thanks for um spending the time with us and chatting to us um looking back and your lyrics have been really interesting obviously not a perspective that we often hear um and as we've kind of like moved through the new zealand scene i think it's been really great to uh kind of like look at um music in that scene from you know different angles and stuff yeah awesome thanks for having me on yeah Cool. Thank you so much. Have have a lovely weekend.
Thanks, guys. You too. Thank you for listening to Lingua Italica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Mm-hmm.